real freedom. I had a booming business, raving fans, money, assets, and yeah, I was still sitting there on the couch pretending that I was watching that Christmas movie with my family while I was choking down the poison of anxiety. I still felt like that desperate kid who would take her clothes off for money, the kid who nearly overdosed to try to prove her worth to her friends, the kid that got pregnant at 19. I felt stuck, like I was stuck in the sands of time. I did all the right things, all the things that promised me freedom and it didn't add up. I realized a few things. I was still checking someone else's box. This was going to be an inside job and I would do whatever it took to never feel that way again. Consider this podcast the rebranded, revamped, cool ass version of Alternative School. Alternative School for the Unruly Entrepreneur. This is for the innovators, the creators, the world changers, the service-minded, those who want the details on how to create a business that really, truly, finally fucking sets you free. I'm your host, Andrea Crowder, and welcome to the Unruly Entrepreneur Podcast. Let's go to the show. About so many fun things like character energy, how we use character energy in our business. I brought Kinsey Madsen onto the podcast because I think I fell in love with her, honestly, if I'm being quite honest, because she has like the best merch on Instagram. (laughs) Her CEO crew neck is one of my faves. Her future self collection is definitely um, one of my faves. I have almost like all her merch. I love it so much. Um, But once I started following her, more to kind of like understand. And I just, I really fell in love with her as a human. She talks a lot about like mental health and business. Um, she talks a lot about, um, like freedom and how she has caused that and acquired that in her life. And, and she just lives this like, fuck you attitude to anything that's going to keep her from living the exact life that she wants. And so we talked a lot about that, like how that got started. Like even, you know, from social anxiety to where she is today running a seven figure brand. So, um, the conversation is casual, cool, and fun just because that's who Kinsey is. I don't know. Am I casual, cool, and fun? I don't know, Chris. <laughs> I feel like I'm fishing for compliments. Please affirm me. Okay. You guys just let's get into it. Kinsey's the best. Check out all the links and bios and make sure to go follow her because she is truly like one of the most coolest, the most interesting people to follow on the internet because she's so fucking herself. And don't forget at the end, we talked about her, um, her offer called villain school. Check the link in the, in the show notes for that as well. I think I already said link in bio, but I'm not going to go back and delete that. You guys know what I mean? (laughs) Link in show notes. Okay. So I know we wanted to talk about archetypes and I'm like curious to see how we do it differently. Is there anything that you want to talk about at the end? Anything special that you're promoting? This will go up in December. So you can just... Okay, cool. No, I mean, I don't know what I'll be doing. I never know what I'll be doing even in a week. (laughs) I know people always, they're they're like, what do you want to promote? And I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) I literally just read a text from one of my friends and he's like, I'm so curious what you're going to be doing in a year. And I was like, also me. (laughs) Same. Same, same, same. (laughs) I love that you're so intuitive with your business as well. And it's just so fun to like watch the creativity. Okay. So let's just like get into it because I have a feeling we're going to talk about so much more than 
than archetypes. So everybody, welcome Kenzie Madsen to the Unruly Entrepreneur podcast. (laughs) Welcome to the middle of our conversation as always. (laughs) I'm so honored to be here. Like nowhere I'd rather be. So I've been stalking you on the internets for, I don't know, I just made my daughter follow you too, P.S. Um, you have a new 17 and 18 year old follower. My daughter and her bestie, I think, started following you this weekend. Aww, <laughs> um, that makes me, that like feels like pressure. Now I'm like, oh shoot, <laughs> Andrew's daughter's following me. I have to step on my game. <laughs> Is Okay. So wait, I can't say that. I'm like, wait, can I say that? I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> delete, delete. <laughs> I'm going to save that for like three months from now. You guys will eventually get the update on that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for being the dick. That's like, <laughs> I have something I can't tell you. Um, okay. So I, following you has been so fun. We're both like, I think creatives to the core. I think we'll die on that hill um, in this lifetime and probably many to come. But I just saw a post of yours, I think it was yesterday, of maybe one of your first videos on Instagram. And mm-hmm. it was so exciting to look at, especially right before we have this this conversation around archetypes. But you're like, you went from like normal person to like celebrity status. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, you're so, so nice. cool. Like you've had like some some legit like evolutions and becomings like what's your tell me a little bit about like how you felt looking at that post yesterday yeah it's so weird I mean obviously it makes me cringe I feel like anything looking at like over uh, even sometimes yesterday I'm like I don't even know who that person was it's like you know like I feel like we're like going when we're like committed to progress there's just so many deaths of like old characters all the time yeah Um, But I feel like I've always been the type of person who I have to like shock myself. That's like the way that I like keep myself moving forward. And I do that by like just all of a sudden becoming somebody different. And it's never really like super intentional of like, okay, now it's time to become somebody different. But it's always when my life starts to feel stagnant, I feel like I go into this little like void space and then I like cut my hair or I get a new, that's what I love about tattoos is I feel like every time I get a new tattoo, it's like, Oh, new me. Like I, you know, I leveled up, but I feel like it's just this way that I've always gone throughout life where I need to just like keep it fresh and exciting. And it's probably the creative in me too, where I'm like, I saw a, I shared it on my stories, but it was like, some of you guys are really out here raw dogging life with like your starter character. And it was talking (laughs) about like getting tattoos and like, kind of like dressing up your avatar, but I was like, it's so true. I just like, feel like it's so fun to constantly becoming somebody different, yeah. but that's just how it's always been. Have you looked this up in your human design chart? I know you're a Leo. So like that, that's a starter, um, <laughs> but we both do it. We just do it differently. Like, yeah. and I mean, I'm a Virgo, you're a Leo. We couldn't be more polar opposites, but we like ride this character concept really hard in our life yeah. each individually. So what do you say to the people who are still in that like starter character to like, I mean, I think it's just like, I think for a lot of people, they have somebody they want to become, which do you yeah. have your, is your identity center defined or is it open? It's defined. I know it's who defined. the fuck I am for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which mine is open. And so I think that's I why I change so much. Like, it's yeah. like, I'm always like, oh, like I have to like try this on. But I think for a lot of people, whether it's changing your actual appearance, like you don't have to do that, but it's like right. changing your actual appearance or changing into this new person. I think a lot of the reason that holds people back is like fear of what other people are going to think. It's like, well, what if these people don't like the new character of me? Or like, I think a lot of times people have somebody who they feel like they are deep down, but they haven't even let like people see it because they're so used to masking and showing up how they're expected to show up. I think, especially as women, it's like, we're taught to show up in this certain way. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like you just have to look at the fear around it instead of being like, why am I, you know, why can't I just show up like Kinsey and Andrea do so confident? And it's like, it's not because you're an idiot. It's because you have like fear or something that's making it feel like it isn't safe. And so I would just say like, tell yourself it's safe to like play around with your identity, show up as a different character. Cause I feel like that's like the block that stops people. I mean, there's so much conditioning, especially for women, like act ladylike. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was just, I, I grew up in organized religion. My mom was Mormon on one side and then my dad was a a lot of different like denominations of 
Christianity, depending on who he was married to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he probably has an open identity center. Mm-hmm. I just don't know for sure. <laughs> um, but I think that with, especially if you grew up in organized religion, like no skirts above the knees and who, if you act in a certain way, you're the one to cause men to stumble Mm -hmm. was a Mm -hmm. major, major message that I got growing up. Like showing too much skin caused me to like have a man fall from his faith. The Mm -hmm. pressure that women grow up with, if you grow up with that messaging is Mm -hmm. so fucked. I had no idea that your mom was Mormon. That's so random. Where are you from? Are you from Florida? No, I'm from, I grew up mostly in Seattle. Okay. That just yeah. feels, I feel like I hear of, like I'm in the Utah world. So everybody has yeah. like Mormon ties, right. but it's random to hear that from you. But yeah, I think yeah. any sort of strict organized religion, it's just like, it fucks up women. Cause there's so many, like, it's, it's all on us to like, you know, control how people are perceiving us. And I think even if you're not doing it <clears throat> like from a sexual way of like, oh, well I have to cover myself up. So this person doesn't have these thoughts. I think we bring that into every single aspect of our life. Like I have to play small. So other people don't get offended that I'm playing too big. It's like that, that becomes a mirror and the way we show up in all the places. It's like, we're technically taught to like hide. It's like hide our bodies, hide who we are. And it's just like lame. It's not the way anymore. There was a moment when I was building my fitness business very early on where I actually had to unfriend my dad on Facebook because Mm. when I would show people's before afters, if they were in a bikini, like, and look, this was my dad and I have a great relationship. He's truly like the best. I'm actually going to bring him on the podcast soon. He's fucking so interesting. He seems iconic. Like just the stuff (laughs) you shared of him, he seems iconic. (laughs) If you guys haven't seen him on social, you better go watch my stories next time he comes. Cause he's like in Florida, he sticks out like a sore thumb, like the true mountain man beard suspenders. (laughs) He'll wear the same outfit. Like I don't know, 30 days in a row. I think he tells Love. me that he takes like a monthly shower. <laughs> like, <laughs> a true mountain man. Um, but yeah, he like couldn't look at the posts that I was making of like women having success with certain fitness programs because it was like, he was like falling from God or like that's the perception mm. that was happening for him. Because I mean, like this is a whole nother story, but especially in organized religion, like your impure thoughts make you wrong. And now what I know as an RRT therapist is we don't choose our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like they happen to us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And most people think that they are us. People Mm -hmm. like claim thoughts as identity. Okay. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about like characters because this is an opportunity to shift identity and I play with characters or archetypes or I know we both use different words for it and I probably use a different word depending on the day. I used to just say a mantra, shift the frequency, do the thing. And I would Mm. just shift into the frequency that I thought I needed to do whatever the thing is that I needed to do. But now this has been such a fun process for me to like extend pleasure in my life of like thinking about something before it's happened, experiencing it, and then thinking about it after it's happened and like playing with like characters or concepts in Mm -hmm. the doing and the planning and the celebrating and all of that. So like, when did this become a thing for you and how do you use this in your life, life, business, wherever? I don't, I don't know when it like actually became like a super strategic thing. I think I've literally always done it because I'm like the most, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm introverted or extroverted because I (laughs) am introverted when I need to recharge. But then it's like, when I go into social situations, I literally turn into an extrovert. It's like, I step into the character who is an extrovert. And then I come to a point where I need to come back to an introvert. And so I think growing up, I, I had a lot of social anxiety and that was kind of how I would cope is it was like, kind of like, Uh pretending to be an extrovert or even like pretending to be confident, like all of these things, it was just kind of like, I would step into the character who felt those things. And so I truly felt like it was like coping mechanism makes it sound negative, but it was just how I went through life. Like kind of pretending that I was the character who could do those things. Um, and then once I got into business, I, I don't know when or how it happened, but I literally almost from the beginning have refused to do anything I didn't want to do. Like, it's almost like, and I remember even doing that in high school. Like I had a conversation with my mom and I remember her yelling at me being like, you understand that sometimes you're going to have to do things you don't want to do. And I was like, 
no, like it didn't even make sense in my mind. I was like, I literally don't. And so I think it's always been like something in me. I mean, my, my like, uh, son in human design is the gate of commitment. So it's like, I have to be all in on things and I have to be like 100% ready to go or I'm not going to do them. And so with business, it's like, I noticed these things that I wasn't doing because they weren't fun, like taxes or organizational stuff, or like, I don't know, just different things like that weren't creative. So it didn't excite me. And I just had this moment where I was like, I'm not going to be able to force myself to sit down and do my taxes. I need to become for a few days, the girl who loves to do her taxes. And so instead of forcing myself to do the things, I run out of a motivation, like really quickly, if I'm trying to force myself to show up and I feel cranky and ornery. And so when I just became the person who likes to do her taxes, all of a sudden it was fun. And when I become the person who likes to answer emails, it feels fun. It's like I put on, you know, maybe more like of a masculine outfit that day and I'm like getting shit done. It just, it's kind of how you were saying where it like brings the pleasure into the things we even don't like to do. Okay. First of all, I thought I was the queen of like hacking motivation, but I feel like I have met my match. (laughs) And also this all started for me with taxes too. (laughs) I think it's like, it's a common denominator among like creative people. Cause it's like, yeah the least sexy thing in the world. It feels like it when we're in this character, when we're in our creative character, it doesn't feel sexy. I used to teach my kids, whatever we do, we do with joy. So like Mm -hmm. if it needs to get done, let's find a way to choose to cause it to be fun. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to do the dishes and like, we'll laugh and like make jokes or like we'll play. And if we have to like clean up our rooms, turn some music on. So like I would pour myself a fat ass glass of wine (laughs) and I would sit there with like, I would have like a dance party. I don't know. There's something about like moving the hips that starts to like make things feel okay. You feel a little bit more in control. I think that's why I love being a stripper. I know that's why I love being a stripper is because I felt that sense of power and control. So I don't know. I think there's movement with the body that makes me feel really powerful so choosing to like use music and dance first. And then but I would I just like, if, sorry to interrupt, but I yeah. wonder if with the hips thing, like what if it's like activating your sacral? Like it's like in sure. human design, you know what I mean? It's like, that yeah. is like, it probably is directly connected to like what makes you tap into your energy. Anyways, sorry to interrupt. I love the concept of the energy centers. I've never really studied them, but I think that like, I think I use layman terms around them and I just naturally know how to activate them. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're probably, I mean, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. Yeah. So yeah, dancing, music, sit down, like tackle taxes. And then literally it was the podcast interview that didn't get recorded yesterday on accident (laughs) (laughs) was with my CFO. And we were talking about like, um, one of the smartest things that you can invest in first in your business is a fucking bookkeeper. Like Mm. dear God, Jesus, do yourself. I cry. I cried the first year I ever did taxes by myself because I didn't know how to hack them out of motivation. The next year I chose to step into the character and choose to make it fun. After that, I hired a bookkeeper and I cried that year tears of joy because I was like, (laughs) I don't don't have to do it. Somebody's doing it for me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think we think it's like way more expensive or way like we just have, I don't know, for me, I grew up with family that was like super afraid of anything money related. It was like scary and like losing money. And, and so I just had this idea that like all of it was scary. And so when I could tap into the character of like, she just does it. And like, it isn't scary. All of a sudden, like so much was released around. It was like just fear of it. It wasn't the actual task that was bad. It was like my fear of not knowing how to do the task, you know? The anticipation of it is always like 10,000 times worse. Um, Yeah, absolutely. With everything. And from an unconscious level, most people don't realize that the more we go out of our way to avoid something, the more that we're impressing the information on unconscious that it's unsafe, mm-hmm. even if it's not. But mm-hmm. the more that we go out of our way towards something, unconscious says it is safe. So Dr. Connie Lee used to always use this example of like people who would go down, you know, 10 floors on an elevator and go all the way out around the corner of the building to find the smoking spot. They're just going out of their way to have their cigarette. And so therefore unconscious is like, that's safe. Keep smoking, bro. And then, you know, the people who are avoiding doing their taxes, 
<laughs> unconscious, like, well, that's not safe. Let's find some laundry to fold mm. <laughs> when we never gave a fuck about the laundry in the first place. Interesting. I hadn't heard yeah. him talk about that before. That's, I feel like that applies to so many things, even like business stuff of like content creation. Like to me, content creation is the most safe because I've used it to procrastinate everything else in my business. It's like content <laughs> creation is what I would procrastinate taxes with, you know, but other people, it's like, that's the scariest part. And they totally. always run from that. So that's really interesting. I had a client once run circles around her house and then run into her office to sit down at her desk and push send on the email to like pitch herself. <laughs> I was like, run literally or like run zigzag somewhere, literally just go out of your way to do something. And unconscious is going to be like, cool, that's safe. We'll do that again. Love. Yeah. I'm going to have to use that, that little trick. You just have to like go run in the snow right now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You yesterday in your slides in the snow, taking your dog to the bathroom was like the best thing I've ever seen. Every like time I go out, I'm going to be like, oh, I should, I mean, I have boots, but they're just not downstairs. So it's like, I, I'm probably, it's going to go on for months before I do something about it. Maybe not. Maybe I'll do it after this podcast. Show my unconscious and safe. (laughs) 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 Okay. So how else do you use, like, I step into different characters almost, I don't know, three to seven times per day. Like Mm -hmm. I need to exercise character. If I need to sit down and write copy character, like, I don't know. I think we're both ADHD, right? So like Mm -hmm. for me to sit down and write copy, I can't sit unless I'm already in motion. Sometimes I can, but like if I take my laptop places and I like do my makeup while I'm typing in my bathroom, I can write like crazy. Mm So yeah. Like how do you, how do you use this throughout your day? Yeah. I feel like I have very intentional like pockets of time and like routines that I do around it. So it's like in the morning, I only answer boxer in the mornings randomly. I'll answer like throughout the day, but normally I go get my morning drink and I sit in my car and answer boxer messages till it's done. If I try to do it like during another part, it's like my brain literally doesn't even work to be on that. It's like boxer is morning time. I get that done. And then I move to like boss time. Cause at the same time, one of my assistants comes into work. And so then it's like, I switch into boss mode during that. I tell her what our tasks are throughout the day. Um, and then depending on what, what I'm doing, I'll step into the different mode. And then I've actually been doing something where I've been doing these like daily CEO calls. So it's like kind of like body doubling time because I've noticed with just having my assistant the day she's here, even if she's just sitting there on her phone, I get a million times more done. And I think a lot of starting entrepreneurs, they don't have anyone there to work with and they're lonely all day. So I've started doing these hour long from five to 6 PM. We've called them daily CEO, but I also think CEO nightcap would be cute. That's like kind of what it's like morphed into. Um, But that's been really good too, because it's like, a moment that I'm holding others accountable, but they're also kind of holding me accountable. It's this weird like energy thing that selfishly I'm like obsessed with these. So we do that. And then depending on if I'm going to be social or not, then I'll step into like that character during that time. But it's really ever like, what do you say? It's at this point, it's not something I think about. Like, it's not like you're like, I'm going to step into this character, but it's just like, you almost train your brain to be like, at least mine, I think it's associated with different environments. So like my room, Mm -hmm. I had to like release a lot of stories around this because everybody's like, never work in your bed. Like it's, but I don't have a hard time sleeping. I don't have a hard time wanting to have sex in my bed. I don't have a hard time with any of those things that they say it like ruins. So my most creative time is my bed. And so if I'm sitting in bed working, I know I'm going to get a shit ton of like designs and writing and that type of thing done versus Mm -hmm. in my, if I'm in my office with my assistants, it's like collaborative time. So I feel like my characters are very drawn to like, what environment I'm doing those tasks in. Same. Okay. So I do this pretty automatically now too, but every once in a while when I have like a spin out, which does happen. (laughs) 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 And when I do, it's so funny. We have one of my team members who's been with me for a year now. We call her coconut oil. She's the lube of the company. Love. <laughs> she makes everything work better. Absolutely love. <laughs> um, but when she first started with me, she was like the spiritual language she didn't get. She came from organized religion 
And like, but she was just curious and has literally just absorbed everything. And now I swear to you, like my brain is duplicated within her. So when I spin out, if I message her, she'd be like, well, what archetype do you need to step into? And I'm like, oh yeah, archetypes. <laughs> Love. I need to like train my employees to say that because a lot of times it is, it, it's like a, yeah, a moment where literally thinking like, oh, should I step into a new character right now? I also heard, I don't remember who it was, like a famous philosopher. If you'll just ask yourself the question, am I aware? You immediately sink into like awareness. And I've been doing that where like, if I'm spinning out and I just say, am I aware? And you just ask yourself that question, you immediately become aware. But it's like moving that into like, okay, what character do I want to be right now? It like could also help shift you then into like action. And I do that so flawlessly when I'm in, I want to say like at least like a negative two to a zero or up in terms of like my emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence scale. But I think like sometimes if you're in some sort of trigger, it's like the things that you know for sure, the things that are like muscle memory, it's like you just go dumb. I mean, you do like blood starts leaving your brain, like you literally go dumb, but um, so it is nice to have people around you that like, like hold you like, accountable. You back. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, archetypes. I got this. <laughs> I fucking got this. And then I use playlists. I have like, um, I have different character playlists for like Ooh, the love. energy that I want to cause. Yeah. So that's yeah. fun. Like I have a villain playlist. I have like a seductive playlist. Like I'm going to use the fuck out of this for dating. It's going to yeah. be like a whole moment. <laughs> You guys don't know this, but like secretly behind the scenes, I'm going to record a podcast for like 12 months of dating. And then I'm going to drop it on you guys in like a year. <laughs> I can't wait for that. <laughs> After it's already long since happened. And a lot of people are probably not even close to in my life anymore. Yeah. But like, get ready, guys. Slut era 2023 is coming. <laughs> love, love. I'm not afraid of it. it. Afraid I also, it. I also think something too, with like the, when you're in the down phases of your character is I sometimes let myself play like to try to get myself to move from, okay, let's say I'm, I'm like having a bad seasonal depression day instead of trying to get myself to be like spinning off the rooftops like joyous I'll intentionally choose the character who's having a shitty day and I'll be like oh I guess I'm going all in and it's like I choose to have a pity party and then it makes me it neutralizes it it makes me feel in control of the emotion and then I am able to move to something different but it's like I don't know, like when I'm driving in my car and I'm sad, I'll put on like the most dramatic classical music instead of like trying to put on like Lizzo or something, you know, it's like, I like let myself fully be dramatic and then I get it out of my system. It's not like this, like, I don't know this, because sometimes I think with my emotions, I just want to feel them. Like I I just want to experience them. And so instead of being afraid of those spiraling out moments, it's kind of being like, well, like, and not in a way, because I know like with RRT, I love how it's like very, um, not like you have to feel the intense hurt to heal. But sometimes I think for me, I'm like dramatic. (laughs) I'm like a super (laughs) dramatic Leo. And so I do think sometimes I like to have those moments of like, oh, woe is me. And as long as I'm choosing them instead of feeling like they're controlling me, it feels fun still. Okay. So I love this conversation. My daughter is a true Pisces, like to her <laughs> core. She, we just had this conversation 48 hours ago where she's like, she'll do sessions with Dr. Connolly and he'll try to clear it right away. And she's like, no, I want to cry about this for a second. Like, don't take it from me yet. Like there is some like comfort sometimes in it, yeah. but you're right. Like just knowing that it's a choice and there is something to actually getting like closer and more intimate with your emotions instead of trying to ignore them. Mm-hmm. Before I was speaking on stage in October, I started to feel this like really intense panic. It'd been a long, I mean, like mm. 2020, all of that, been a long time since I've been on a stage. And I just closed my eyes and pretended like the panic was like a leaf on a windy like fall day. And I Ooh. followed the leaf and I just. I think it like landed in a puddle and I just said, show me, like, show me what I need to see. And what I was shown was like, you just care a lot. It's not that you're afraid they're going to judge you. It's just that you're feeling all of this intense motion because you really care about these people. And I saw myself at a previous event where I had done an RRT RRT clearing for this woman on stage. And she, I mean, she was like one of those like mob bear people 
where you like get swallowed in a hug by them, you know, the ones. (laughs) (laughs) And there, like, she was like swallowed me on stage and was just like holding me. And it was the most like special thing because this, she had been like suffering since she was 16 with the thing that we cleared in minutes on stage. And I was like, okay, just literally let myself go back into the hug Mm-hmm. and just remind, I'm telling you, I walked on that stage, I grabbed that mic and it was like, the panic never happened. It was like, mm-hmm. I've had a mic in my hand my whole life and it just has always been there. And I, it was like no fucking big deal. Mm-hmm. So I love yeah. that. Well, and I feel like it's probably too, because you haven't like shown yourself, you need to be afraid of your emotions. Cause what can happen yeah. in that moment, if we feel that panic and we're telling ourselves it's not safe to feel that, then it, it just, it amplifies it. It's like, we feel like we have to run from it versus you like, let yourself just be like curious. Like, I feel like curiosity is a really big thing with all just kind of like how I've treated my emotions. Cause I grew up in a family where it was super unsafe to show your emotions, not in like a, I mean, it was just, my parents were like not emotionally intelligent and had no idea how to deal with it. I'm very sure my mom is like autistic. It was just like a very not emotionally available upbringing. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the biggest thing in my healing has been like, it's safe to be mad. It's safe to feel those emotions. And it doesn't have to be something that like you're scared of. It's kind of part of the human experience. And I love the word experience. Like it is an experience, Mm -hmm. but it's not an identity. It's not who we are. Mm -hmm. When did, when would you say that you stopped identifying with social anxiety? Like how'd you move through that? Um, I think, I mean, mushrooms have been a huge part of my healing journey. Honestly, all anxiety. I feel like, have you ever done mushrooms? Yep. Okay. I feel like when I, I do them. my closet, I'll send them to you. I don't <laughs> use them. <laughs> some people love them and like some people don't like them. But I feel like for me, it wipes my brain of all things. Like it just is like windshield wipers whenever I've done them. And the first time I did them, I woke up the next morning and I was like, it was just like this feeling of like, nothing is as serious as I'm making it. And after that, I feel like social anxiety, I was able to see it from an outside perspective. And I was like, I, I need to remember. It was just this thought that I need to remember that people want to be around me because I'm me, not because, because I feel like this is where the character started to kind of playing a character started to fuck with me. And I had to remember that like, every character I'm playing is still me deep down because I had played a character so much of my life that I was, I thought that was the only acceptable version of me to show people. Mm -hmm. And so with social anxiety, it was like this, like before I would get on client calls, I would have so much anxiety because I thought I was going to need to know all the answers. And, and, And then I remembered, no, they're paying me to be me and they're paying me to give my thoughts. They're paying me to use the tools I've used. And so for me, the biggest release of that was viewing it from an outside perspective and being like, I'm just, I just feel like it's not safe to be me. And if I could just tell myself it's safe to be myself, you don't have to wear this character all the time. I feel like that really helped dissolve a lot of that pressure. I love that you said that because I think we would be remiss to not touch on like, how do you know the the way that you're behaving is within like resonance of who you are mm. versus it being rooted in fear. Mm-hmm. And I think we both, at least now, use this as something that's like fun and playful to help us just like get shit done and have mm-hmm. fun while we're doing it. It's like the concept of extending pleasure. But if it's not feeling like pleasure, don't fuck with it. Mm-hmm. Like do some RRT, like just mess with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find you a therapist, like we'll get it cleaned up. But it should feel like play. It should feel like fun. It should feel interesting. It should feel like when you were a little kid, when you would like put on a doctor's outfit or you would put on like, I mean, for us, it was all like doctor, nurse, um, cook, (laughs) (laughs) like super, like (laughs) super generic gender roles. But you know, now we're like, now I step into like a billion dollar brand boss bitch sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. how would she speak? But that is a future version of myself. And I truly believe that. So it's more like I'm taking, I'm taking something that I know is inevitable and I'm just piece by piece, fragment by fragment, pulling it into the now Mm -hmm. and just getting there faster, becoming it faster because I'm not, I'm not like fighting that version of myself anymore. There's like Mm -hmm. too many layers. It's like just getting naked and letting yourself wear your skin finally. 
Yeah. Yeah. And have you ever had a moment where you feel like that, where, I don't know, I've just had moments in my journey where I'm like, I'm this, it almost feels uncomfortable being who you are because you know, you're meant to be so much more. You've like played (laughs) safe for so long that you're like, oh shit. Like it just feels old. Like everything in your life feels old energy. That's what I feel like my shifts always happen. I'll look around and I'll be like, everything feels old. And then I like, I mean, I've run out of hair to cut off. So I have to find like a new way to shift characters, but it's like, everything will feel kind of stagnant. And I'm like, Oh, it's time to like shock my system. Even I'll do it daily with like cold showers or something. It's just giving yourself something to like, kind of like shock you into that. I don't know, just that higher self or future self. Yes. I think that that was probably like my 2021 where I was starting to feel not starting like no I know it because I sat there in December a year ago with my best friend and I looked at her and I was like let's promise each other that whatever we want we're going to fucking run and we are mm-hmm. going to run faster than we ever have towards it to the point where like and I didn't understand the concept of RRT and like going out of your way even in that moment it was just like this intuitive knowingness if I if I just run fast I don't have time to be afraid mm. and I was so sick. There was so much going on in my life, like my husband and his PTSD. And I just decided to separate from him and all of that stuff. So, but there was this moment of like, I haven't, I hadn't really, really felt my power like deep, deep down inside in a long time. I'd felt moments of it, but there was just too much chaos in my world to, to hold on to it. Mm. And I think that was the thing where I was like, I'm just going to keep choosing my power every day. And I really do use like characters and archetypes to like, like I said, pull, I'm not becoming someone else. Like I said, I'm becoming that future version of myself and I'm pulling those fragments into the present. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's why my business has like gone fucking nuts this year. Yeah. So it's just that choice of like power and power and power and power. Yes. And you can, you can feel when, when you step into those characters, you can feel that it feels comfortable. It's like, it feels scary before you do it. But once you do it, you're like, oh yeah, this is right. Versus there's times like certain people that'll hang around that I have like a certain person I have to go in. Cause I'm like, not a very big, like partier. Like I'm just like, not really into it. Yep. I'm like, I'm not into drinking. I'm not into all that. And no, shame for people who are but it's not my thing and I have friends who are and so I'll kind of like step into that character when I'm going to hang out with them and it's exhausting and like that to me it's like okay I do know how to step into that character but it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel like me and so your body knows when something feels like a good energetic match I've been having this conversation with so many like really powerful men lately where they are continuing to do these things based off of like obligatory energy. Like I have to show up here. I have to go do this. I have to like the masculine energy for men. Like, I'm just like, oh, just want to <laughs> also here's the link for daddy energy. <laughs> I've done that. Like, I don't know, five times lately with men. I'm like, I have But what I, what I see them doing is like, they're compromising their energy over and over and over. And the thought that occurred to me to say to them that I think resonates the most is it's almost like, because you hold the container of everything that you create. So like for them, their businesses, they're all entrepreneurs. The they understand the idea and they like the idea of the valuation of their company and how much it's worth, right? And so the valuation has to do with how much cash you're bringing in, but also like future cash. And so it's typically not how much you make, but how much like the brand could make over a certain period of time. And so every time we say yes to do something that's costing us energy, the valuation of our containers goes down. Mm. And they're like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so I just say no to that shit. I'm like, that's just a no for me. Yeah. No, that's going to cost me energy. I literally will not say yes to something that's going to cost me energy, which is why I just never burn out. I'm like a psycho. I'm never tired. It's like not fair. (laughs) Well, and I think too, it's being like, because I've noticed this a lot with like the people pleasery stuff where it's like Mm -hmm. people are afraid to say no to something, but then 
I think when we start saying yes to stuff that we don't want to do it, it doesn't serve people. It doesn't please people. It ends up hurting yeah. them in the end. Like it, it's, it's actually just like a fear of getting in trouble or a fear of somebody being dis- like, it's, there's a fear there. It's not actually genuinely like wanting to do the thing. And so yeah. I think with anything like that, where there's obligation and we're just showing up out of obligation, it's not like, I don't want anyone to show up for obligation to me. Like mm-hmm. I want people to be there because they actually want to be there. And I feel like long-term company growth, like our businesses are going to be so fucking stable because we've never done something out of obligation or like forcing ourselves to do it. And that just feels like a new level of sustainability to me. It's the ultimate sustainability. It's unshakable, unbreakable sustainability. Mm-hmm. I have this analogy that I used with someone during an RRT session where um, they were feeling guilt around completing a relationship with someone. And I said, think of it like this. Your body used to be deficient in vitamin C and that person is vitamin C for you. And now your body is perfectly, is handling and creating vitamin C all on its own perfectly and you're already getting plenty. And they're still trying to give you vitamin C and you're now taking it and now all of a sudden you're starting to feel like a little overloaded with it. They want to be giving their vitamins to somebody who Mm -hmm. actually really needs them. And by you continuing to consume their vitamins when you don't need it anymore, blocks them from giving it to the person who does. Mm. Nobody fucking wins. You're overloaded on something you don't need. And they're really feeling like under, like, like they're giving to someone who's not absorbing what they have to offer. It's like having that deficiency where like you're getting the vitamin, but you can't absorb it anymore. Mm. Nobody gets anything out of it. It's just like for mm-hmm. posterity at that point. Like, <laughs> why? So true. So true. Don't, this is just like a random thought that came into my head, but don't you feel like the metaphors that like RTT like teaches a lot to use is kind of like archetype like it's all the same thing it's like how characters is like how we use characters and archetypes it's like using metaphors to shift our perspective and I think that's why archetypes work so well for me is because I don't I have an attachment to me and like obviously I don't want to get hurt I want to be safe I want to you know I have all these things but when I'm tapping into a character from an it helps you shift into an outside perspective and not make everything so damn serious It's like when we're in it, it feels really serious. But then when you're like, just show up as this person, it like kind of does that same thing with your mind where it shifts the perspective and it doesn't feel so like life or death. It doesn't feel life or death. And most people feel like, most people feel like they're kind of at the whim of like when a positive emotion hits them. Mm -hmm. And when Mm -hmm. you use this, you're actually learning to cause the emotions that you desire. Mm -hmm. And now you're not just waiting for a good day to happen. You're causing you're causing pleasure, you're causing turn on, you're causing interest, you're causing creativity, you're causing intuition. You're just causing like some sort of emotion that feels like desire, that Mm -hmm. feels like you want, that we want more of. And like, I used to be that person where more often than not, like I woke up out of bed, racing thoughts, feet hit the floor. I was just running through life and I was exhausted. I was stressed more than not. I was fighting with people. And now I just like, maybe once a month I have like a really stressful day. And I just exist living this way more because mm-hmm. I know how to pull the strings of my emotion, like a motherfucking person who's like <laughs> causing a symphony. And yeah. I just feel like I beat the matrix. Kinda. Yeah, that truly. And like, is it, did you go home for Thanksgiving or did you stay with your people? Like, did you have any, it was just me and my kids this year. Oh, we fine. Had, yeah. So anytime like things, any sort of family thing where I'm around people who I'm never around, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm doing so well. Like not in like a monetary (laughs) way, but like in a way that I'm like, I don't get upset. Like hearing people talk about their day to day and like the things they're like stressed about that have happened. I'm just like, it's, it's so wild. I feel like we, I don't know, at least me, I exist in my bubble with my team and my friends and we're all the same energy. And I like very rarely am seeing outside of that. And it's like, shocking to see how other people are going throughout life. Yeah. What is, what was the, what made you decide to sign up for RRT and like, how are you using that in your life now? I feel like I mean, I'm so yeah. curious. Tell I me. took it. Well, cause I took your money course that was like amazing. Wow. Yes. And I was just like, it, 
it blew my mind how I felt after doing like the different integrations. Mm -hmm. And so I just was, and I've always for the, since I've started coaching, I've really tried to figure out what is the tool that I like best for subconscious reprogramming. Yeah. Um, and I've always felt like I was missing something. Like it just felt like I was missing something and I've done a ton. I've, I've already done a lot of the things of like, I've always used metaphors. I've always done hypnosis, but it was kind of more so channeling and going into RT, RRT, I feel like it's given me a structure for some of those things. Yeah. I do have to say, <laughs> I wish you would make a course with Dr. Connolly because I like, <laughs> he's so like, um, I feel like he's up here, like with how he's teaching. And I'm like, I need Andrew to like, make it a little more digestible. Cause I'm having to like, I've never had to Gemini, if that explains anything. <laughs> Cause I feel like I'm like, I need it like a little bit more digestible because it's it's all I've been like studying for the past few months. But yeah. I feel like I'm just slowly starting to integrate things in that like I understand so far. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the biggest thing I see holding my clients back where I'm like, we, it sometimes feels like we're, I hate this metaphor, but it's like beating a dead horse where it's like, we've talked about this forever. And yeah. I even feel like that with me sometimes where I'm like, I've, I've been trying this forever, what's going on. And so even just the experiences I've had in WAP that is like insane. If people don't have it, it's like, I mean, I've done so many money courses. I teach money courses. Like I, I feel very confident in my relationship with money and making money. And, but that course is like psychotically good and so easy to like, I, it just works. <laughs> like it's, it wasn't like this thing where you have all these deep dives. Like it was like, it just worked. And so honestly it was that course that made me be like, okay, I got to fucking learn how to do this too. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for like teeing up like such a great <laughs> testimonial. I'm like, didn't even plan that, but <laughs> I literally had dreams. I, I had a dream the other night that I like, and it's probably cause this podcast was coming up that I was like thanking you for WAP and thanking you Aww. for like bringing RRT to people. And I was like, I need to remember to tell Andrea that because it's Aww. like, it really is like, I think you're doing so much good in the coaching world. Like just kind of, I feel like you're the person who's like, kind of like leading it, making it more in like this, this space. So anyways, I'm thanking you in my dreams and I'm thanking you in your <laughs> life. <laughs> Well, when I first got on to my very first RRT training, it was like all therapists. There weren't coaches mm-hmm. on there. And I was just like, mind blown. I was like, how is the coaching world not heard of this mm-hmm. shit? Mm-hmm. It's going to. And then as soon as Catherine said she was signing up and I was like, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Manifestation, babe, for, for those of you who don't know who Catherine is. But I was like, and we're off. <laughs> Everyone's about to know about RRT now. So, but I just, honestly, it's become it's literally become my life's work. Like I just want people to know that there's so many more options to have like such a sexy ass life. Mm-hmm. Like I am so untriggerable now because of rapid resolution therapy. And when a trigger mm-hmm. comes up, I'm just look at the person and I'm like, thanks bro. Appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> so I just want people to know that that life is possible for them and especially like starting around money. So I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed WAP. It is such like a lean back, like, just let me fucking handle shit for you, like program. And I think that that's why it's been so amazing. Nobody has to implement anything. (laughs) It's literally amazing. Well, and I think that's something too, that's like kind of like rocked my world with the whole RRT thing is that he's like the, and I've always felt this where I was like, People would say like, you don't have a responsibility for your clients, but I was like, yeah. but we kind of do like, it, yeah. it always felt weird to me that there was like this story around you're just show, which I think there's, there's truth to both sides of it as there is with anything. Right. But I think it's, it's really inspiring to see that side of things. It just feels like big dick energy. <laughs> it's like, this yeah. is, this is my responsibility to make sure you have these results. And that's not like in a way, like. I don't know, taking the client out of their responsibility, but it just feels really cool. And it feels really safe to be someone in that space where you're like, oh, this isn't like me having to force things or like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just feels really good. Same when he, okay. So to bring you guys into the conversation, like Dr. (laughs) Connolly teaches in RRT that it's a therapist's job to get the client, the result. And most therapists say it's your job to like implement outside of our sessions. And so the RRT 
philosophy is backwards. We hold the power. And if we can't get the job done, then we just didn't have the right key to unlock the lock. And then it's our job to go get another key. I had a client call last week where she showed up and I don't normally work with people on big traumas. It's normally I use RRT for business, Mm -hmm. but she was having intense emotion. The second that we got on the call, some stuff that had happened after late cancer treatment and allowing herself to be supported. Her wife had taken care of her. She was feeling intense guilt around her wife, supporting her through all of that. Mm -hmm. Just crying for like the first like couple minutes of our call. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh shit, do I have a key for this? Like, I don't work with people on like health stuff. That's normally if she had told me ahead of time that that was what her intention was, but she just found my link for the intensive and booked, then I would have said, go book a call with Dr. Connolly. And I sat there and I was like, pulling out the keys, pulling out the key. <laughs> and I got the job done in 20 motherfucking minutes. Oh and my I, God. I literally thought like I didn't have the key for it. And mm-hmm. I love that sense of responsibility. Because the moment that I realized, like, am I in over my head? I reminded myself, it doesn't matter because you're here now. And if you are, you'll send her to Dr. Connolly afterwards. But somebody will get this motherfucking job done for her, whoever Mm -hmm. it is. Like, somebody has the key and we'll make sure she gets it, like ASAP. But the the idea was, like, you're in front of her right now. So, like, cause some sort of effect for her whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. I like that responsibility. And I think people feel safer with me because of it. People stay with me longer because of it, because it's not all on them to like go get results. Now I can't say like a million dollars is going to drop into your bank account (laughs) because of it, but I know that I can cause the fear to go away around Mm -hmm. it not Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. And I feel like it's very like, it's confidence building for both people involved. Like, I think there's just that, like that essence of confidence in the whole system. I mean, even taking the training, I was like, he is like so confident. Like I want to tap into that character of his, like, like I remember somebody was saying, so when you're using this method, um, what do you, and he's like, or, or what did she say? I wish I could remember the exact thing, but she was talking about the method and he's like, I'm not using the method. I created the method. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, it's just, it's like, it's, there's so much confidence there, which I think in a lot of healing type of modalities, it's a little bit more flow and feminine. And, and so it's really refreshing for me. I mean, Virgo moon, I'm like, not into like the super, like, I don't know, fluffy healing type things. And so for me, it's like, this is like refreshing in a whole new way. And this is something I wouldn't be, which that's a whole another story, but like I would use it on my dad and not feel like this is a weird freaking thing. Or like, you know what I mean? It's like, it feels very, it feels also similar to like Joe Dispenza's energy where it's like, it's, it's scientific. It's like that. It just feels, I don't know. It feels different to me than some other modalities. I would love to get Joe Dispenza and Dr. Connolly in like same. the same room. <laughs> like, can you like? I know the world would stop <laughs> because Joe's actually also a great businessman because mm-hmm. he at least like hires people to make sure like John's getting there and like mm-hmm. God bless his cute little Gemini heart that just wants to play and help people. <laughs> We're getting every single time I'm like, I want to like, I don't even do branding anymore, but I'm like, ah, like when I look at their website, Oh, it's happening. Like, oh, good. <laughs> Other people have reached out to me and said that like one of my clients, she's like, can I help him? She literally offered her services for free <laughs> and he's getting whole new social templates. Oh, built. Like, I asked him, I was like, just give me the keys to the company. Okay. Like you just, <laughs> you just do what you're good at. Hand me the keys. Let me handle the rest. Like I'm not even on payroll, but I'm just like running shit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that this just turned into like, how can we solve uh, John's problems <laughs> around like RG? <laughs> Welcome to so funny. Uh, just, like our friend chat, guys. Like, is anybody listening? <laughs> Thanks. That's part of just like being, don't you feel like though, I wish, I don't know if I wish I could turn this part of my brain off, but I like always am thinking about like, this is how they could make more money. This is how they could. It's like, I can't even eat a fucking meal in peace because I'm thinking about like, (laughs) no, me either. (laughs) 
someone will say something and I'm like, that would make a great subject line. Like, <laughs> and they're like, do you always do that? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I yeah. can't help it. It's, it's, it's our gift. It's our purpose. That's how I named the unruly entrepreneur. I was watching Netflix and like, mm. uh, what was the show? Charmed. I was watching Charmed and she goes, what's the alternative, Harry? And I was like, somebody needs to make a cool ass school called the <laughs> alternative school for the unruly entrepreneurs. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Love. well, and that's, I feel like the fun, actually the fun thing about it is that our mind never shuts off. So it's like, I can be playing all day and just yeah. because I'm always inspired by everything, by the end of the day, I have a full content list of like, you know, a month's worth of content just for like experiencing life. I just need to like touch you or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I used to be so good with content. Like it just poured out of my fingers. And now I really do You're, have to work a little bit more at it. Really? Like, what do you think I'm changed? Gonna, is this going to become a coaching session? <laughs> oh, I'm just curious. Do it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess because I've been doing it so long, part of me, there's, there's this idea that it's like, I've already said everything. Mm. I think there's also this idea that like, because stories makes it so easy to sell. It's like, why would I work so hard to create a piece of content when Mm. I can go to $10,000 in sales and stories in a day? Yeah. And you know, you become a little bit, um, disillusioned sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like I've been through periods like that with my business, but what I think of content as is like my content, my feed posts is like what's growing my audience. And so there's times that I like, don't even focus on it. If it starts to feel forced with content, like there's been times I've had massive months and not post once to your feed. I feel Mm -hmm. like feed to me feels like the frosting. And so because of that, it always feels fun to work on it. It never feels like something I have to like force. When I do it, it is fun, but you'll notice that I'll post for like, sometimes I'll post two or three times a day for three days and then you won't see me. I'll ghost for like 10 days. So, <laughs> but, but I, refuse, That's your flow. <laughs> I refuse to do it when, I mean, I would be out of integrity with like everything that I teach if I was posting out of obligation energy. So like, mm-hmm. I really do hold that value like 100% of the time. I never mm-hmm. fuck with it. So, but I am working on like, I want to see, I want to see people, um, I want to see people know about RRT if I'm just being honest. Mm. And so I need to create more. I have the, I'm going to say that differently. I have the opportunity to infuse more creativity and thoughtfulness into my feed because that's the shit that's Mm -hmm. really getting shared the most. And that's going to share that message. So it's become like the, the significance of it, the, I'm like choosing my words carefully because I want to cause energy in my body right now. So you guys are like <laughs> listening to this happen as like my brain is doing it. So like I'll fucking edit myself. Like I'm feeling a deeper sense of like value and connection to my feed content right now because of how special it feels to me to see people learn about RRT. Even if some people, some people resist it because they're like, that's not true. A lady told me the other day, she's like, you're what does she say? She's like, that's an irresponsible claim to say you don't have to heal it or don't have to feel it to heal it. And I was like, well, she's a therapist by the way. And mm-hmm. I was like, it feels a little irresponsible, you know, to also ignore new modalities to fight for old <laughs> concepts as well. <laughs> but Mike, <Mic> drop. <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Me, I'll get on the phone with you. Like <laughs> I'm here to do, do the Lord's work. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like that makes sense that it's just like you're shifting. So there's more pressure on the content than it's just probably like a hold. Like, it's like, you've been kind of like, you have your hold on how to create coaching content. And I feel like it's just, you're moving into a new type of content that feels like it has more responsive. It's just more responsibility. And creating like coaching and business content feels like dry ass pussy to me right now. Like, wah, 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 wah. I don't fucking want to talk about that. Yeah, we all make Lenny. Let's go. Like, there's a course for it. <laughs> but also, do you know that we can delete shame? Let's talk about that. <laughs> that right there should be a content of like delete. Like, I'm like, I'm picturing something in my mind with like a, a keyboard with like delete shame or something. That right there is like fire. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe I just need to like hire you for an intensive or something <laughs> like that. Like if you don't have those, please create one, send me a link. Let's go. <laughs> I do work with, um, 
Rebecca from yeah, the and she's freaking Queen. awesome. Yeah, yeah. she's. I she, you worked with her. Yeah, we we talk about content a lot, and she's amazing. She's the one who's helping me kind of get my brain around um, creating more around RRT. So mm-hmm. the hard thing with RRT is it's it's hard to even describe what it is to people. Yeah, like I like it have, because it's there's so many different things that it embodies that it's like. I feel like that's why it's been a little hard for me to learn it and like wrap my head around it. Cause it, it's not like a, I don't know, like hypnosis. It's like learning self-hypnosis, all that stuff. It felt like very like step-by-step and this, you have to learn so much by experience and like listening into calls and whatever that I can see how it would feel a little daunting to create content about it too. Yes. And like hypnosis, I think people just widely understand what it means mm-hmm. versus RRT. It's like, you know, it, it feels like it's like your neighborhood coffee shop still. I <laughs> <laughs> like, eventually it's going to be a Starbucks and yeah. everybody's going to know its name. And I want to see that happen before John dies. I'm like, you're yeah. 75. What do we have? <laughs> like he takes great care of himself. I think we have at least 20 more years, but yeah. like, it's going to take a lot of fucking work. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I text him every night. I'm like, we have so much work to do. Let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> what is his human design type? I don't know. I haven't looked it up. I don't I'm know why so I haven't curious. looked it up. He did send me his birth. <laughs> I was like, I need your birth time. He's like, oh God, are you doing voodoo on me? And I was like, possibly. <laughs> voodoo to get you to raise your prices. <laughs> literally when I signed up for like RRT I was expecting it to be for the training I was expecting it to be like five grand yeah it was like six hundred dollars or I don't remember I think it was six hundred dollars and I was like what the hell is happening here I'm like shocking. the clip of that yeah <laughs> we're talking about it yeah I'm, I don't I don't let him charge those prices anymore his, okay. his hypnosis class is going to be like 2500 now okay. and that's the bare fucking middle, yeah Jesus yeah. you guys like people don't people did you like start to kind of question maybe a little yeah, bit well when I signed up I was like is this really a certificate like I was like confused the vibe yeah. of that I was like is this just like I didn't really understand what was included so it made me think that like it for sure made me second guess the investment yes so I hope you guys learned a lesson in that, <laughs> like 45 second master class we just <laughs> Charging too low of rates makes people question the validity of what it is that you're teaching or your ability to actually teach it. So absolutely. This is so much fun. (laughs) Thanks for like listening into like our coffee (laughs) chat here. I know. I feel like we were just like talking. (laughs) Hopefully there's some value. (laughs) I think people got some value out of it. Um, where can people find you so they can come literally just like want to lick my screen every time your content comes up. I'm like, I just love your shit. (laughs) Thank you. So everything lives on my Instagram and it's just Kinsey Madsen, K-I-N-Z-I-E-M-A-D-S-E-N. And you'll find everything there. And tell, I mean, we, I'm going to do a little intro for you as well, but like, tell them what your specialties are if they want to come yeah. learn from you. I do like business coaching that is focused on kind of everything we've been talking about, but doing doing it your own way. No compromising, doing things exactly how you want to do it. Um, and I really am focused on bringing the balance of masculine and feminine because I love strategy. I've always loved strategy. My brain has always loved strategy, but I also have really worked to incorporate like the feminine energy and receiving and having a balance of both of those has has been kind of what I help my clients do in their business too. So they can have the strategy that's serving them and helps them be able to tap into more receiving and like feminine energy and just making a lot of money in a way that feels fun. Yeah. Daddy energy is our version of like strategy. (laughs) Yeah. Love. Also important. (laughs) When my my COO came on, she's like, how are you doing this all by yourself? And I was like, I wasn't. It just wasn't happening at all. <laughs> That's why you guys are here. We call them all like Daddy L, Daddy K, Daddy Love. N. Oh my God. Obsessed. <laughs> we might be creating an app and Kayla is watching like all of it. She's like, there's so many videos. And I was like, I'm going to Amazon you some lube. I know we're not going to see you for a while. She loves it. Like strategy is her thing. I literally am allergic. So I'm yeah. glad you love it too. Yeah. Don't you have a class on characters or ar- archetypes as well? Is there, can we drop? I have, that? 
I don't have that. I have a villain school. And I feel like yes. that was a lot about tapping into like just villain energy. Cause that's what I see most people having a hard time with is like this idea that you have to be perfect and good all the time. So I do have my villain school. That was a lot about like archetypes and creating your villain archetype. So that's a good one. We can drop. The okay, link. fun. I'll get the link from that for you, for everybody. You guys will perfect. love, you guys want to be in kids East world and also buy her <laughs> merch. I have almost all of it. <laughs> Get the best merch yes. on the planet. Oh, thank you. You do too. I'm like obsessed with your unruly stuff. Thank you. So good. Okay, thanks for coming to our um, just obsession over <laughs> yeah, each other for podcast episode. Joining thanks, us. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs>